This is Under Understood. Hi, friends. Hello. Hello. Hey, Billy. So we were off for the holidays. We're back. But last year we did 12 stories, I think. Is that right? That seems... I count 12 original stories. Yes. What's interesting is that, so in like our system, we have job codes for each story we pitch. You know, each story starts with a pitch. So the latest one, I was just working on one that was 50 was the number. Wow. (laughs) Our yield is not great. So we've started 50 stories. We finished 12 of them, though. That's something. That just means we've got high standards. Yeah. True. So today we have like sort of a grab bag of updates to stories we actually did finish, stories that we ran on the podcast, and, uh, you know, some some things we heard from listeners and some new details that emerged uh, after the stories went up. Uh, that probably means uh, if this is your first episode, this isn't going to make a whole lot of sense to you. So you should go back and listen to some other ones. Who's first? Uh, I'll go first. So if you have been listening to our show for a while, you might remember an episode from this past August. It was about lost baggage. You guys remember this story, surely. Oh, yes. Yes. If you haven't heard the episode, basically a friend of mine, Anna, uh, she's from New Mexico and she flew from New Mexico to New York City uh, on New Year's Eve of last year. And long story short, Southwest Airlines lost her baggage. Uh, It took the airline three whole days to get her bags back to her. And we kind of followed a a tangle of various bag delivery companies uh, to figure out where her suitcase was and why it changed so many hands on the way to New York City. You're leaving out. You're leaving out the most crucial detail. Well, I'm I'm getting there. Okay. Yes. Right. <laughs> now this would have been bad enough, but on top of all of that, Anna was traveling with a bag of, I guess, once frozen New Mexican chili peppers. And when they finally got back into her possession, they were cold, but they weren't frozen. And we asked a pair of experts about this, Ben and Don from the Food Safety Talk podcast. And they said that there was a non-zero chance that the chilies sitting in a bag of water at room temperature could have been contaminated. Um, kind of distressing to us at the time, Anna ate the chilies. You guys remember this? Oh, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. It haunts me. She even served them to some of her friends. And, and we can't underscore this enough. Everybody was totally fine. Um, I want to take a second here to publicly apologize to Anna for sort of making fun of her for this. I, I, I think... Uh, she had only the best intentions. <laughs> and we made her out to be a monster. She just wanted to make a nice dinner for her friends. And in fact, everybody was fine. I still wondered, though, even under the best of circumstances where the luggage is not lost and the whole trip from New Mexico to New York takes like the right amount of time. W- what are the chances that frozen chilies are actually at, you know, quote unquote, food safe temperatures the whole time? Right. Like if it had all gone to plan. Uh, would Ben and Don still have been nervous about what temperature the chilies wound up at? You mean if her bag hadn't been sitting in a random storage facility and or someone's car for some number of hours slash days because her flight was delayed? Yes. So I could think of only one way to know for sure if those chilies would be safe. Um, This past October, Anna was visiting New Mexico again And she let me know that she planned to bring back yet more chilies. 
from New Mexico. So I got on Amazon and bought this thing that is called a recording thermometer, which as you might expect, is a thermometer attached to a little computer that records the temperature over time and it saves it so that you can look at it later. Nifty. Cheaper than you might imagine these things to be, by the way. Yeah, how much was it? It was like 20 bucks. That's amazing. What a steal. I just kind of want one. Yeah. Well, you, you can have, <laughs> you can have mine. Yeah, can I have it? Great. Yeah, thanks. I'm not using it. Great. Um, Anna is an incredibly good sport. So she agreed to uh, turn on the thermometer and place it in her bag next to the frozen chilies for the return trip. So we were kind of afraid it would like start beeping or something in her bag. Uh, so she included a little handwritten note next to the computer part to explain to the TSA that this is an experiment. This is a thermometer. This is nothing to be worried about. And she included her phone number uh, in case they had any questions. They did not call it, but they did open her bag. I'm sure the TSA loves to see electronic devices with a note taped to them that says, this is <laughs> this an experiment. This is fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially, especially a little, especially a, a small white box uh, with, a, with a screen that's on attached to a wire with a probe at the end of it. Don't worry, it's just an experiment. Um, it did seem to work. And when we, when we plugged in the little computer part to the computer, uh, there was some data. Well, okay, let me show you the data. This is a Google Doc. It's a, it's a Google Sheet. It's a, uh, it's, it's a spreadsheet of uh, date and time. Well, okay. What if, we're doing Celsius? Where are we? Yes, this is confusing for me. Wow. I think it's the superior measurement. It is the superior measurement, but I am not a superior human. Okay, I disagree that Celsius is a superior measurement. Fahrenheit's more precise. Zero is freezing. A hundred is boiling. How, no, but it's... Uh, um, have you heard of Kelvin? God. No. Kelvin is Celsius, just minus absolute zero. Yeah, it's great. It's perfect. Okay, wait. So when is when are these real hot temps? They're not real hot. Let me see. That's the problem with Celsius. <laughs> What's going on in this graph is the the y axis on this graph is degrees Celsius. The scale is from negative two degrees to three degrees Celsius. That's cold. It's very cold. All of the temperatures are cold. The x axis is time, uh, and we're going from like six in the morning through uh, like five at night, um, which is like the time that the the chili was in her bag. So. We start the, the whole thing at negative one degree, or less than negative one degree, actually. Below freezing. Below freezing. Within the first hour or so, it rises to a little over one degree, and it reaches its highest point at 10 a.m., only two and a half degrees. Huh. And then you can see, that this is kind of cool, you see the, the, the graph drop dramatically. That is when the plane took off. Ooh. Oh. So this means that the cargo hold, we were wondering about this, the cargo hold does get cold and cold enough, in fact, that it it brought the temperature briefly back down below freezing, down in the bottom of the plane, in the belly of the plane, as she said it. And then it kind of steadily rises through the through the rest of the trip, but it, it never gets above around two and a half degrees Celsius. Okay, so we're good. Yeah, I think so. It seems pretty safe to me. Uh, it's definitely much colder than any refrigerator that I've known. And uh, it spent a fair amount of time under freezing. So it teeters between a very cold refrigerator and a freezer, basically. Right, right. Um, but just to make sure if these chilies would have been safe to eat, uh, I checked back in one more time with Don and Ben. 
Uh, well, refrigerator temperature is is uh, forty degrees Fahrenheit, which is about four degrees C. Hmm. So um, that's the number that we we commonly use. Forty five used to be the forty five degrees Fahrenheit used to be the recommendation, um, but we now know that some pathogens can like like Salmonella can grow. I think at forty five, hmm. um, so we moved it to forty. But there's still pathogens like Listeria that can grow at forty. So forty ends up being a temperature that people can live with and that the current equipment that we have can attain. Okay. So we're looking at like better than a commercial refrigerator basically for these. Oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, based on this, um, I, 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 I'd be really confident that, that basically these have been at refrigeration temperatures for the entire duration of the, uh, of the trip. What, what would have been awesome and um, maybe not, um, for everybody involved, but was if you could have orchestrated losing your luggage again. Uh, <laughs> sure, <laughs> that would have that would have helped uh, answer the the previous question. But on this one, this all sounds sounds like a safe way to to get um, chilies uh, from uh, New Mexico to to New York. I still think there's a non-zero chance that these chilies could kill an entire room full of people. <laughs> I would eat it. I mean. A non-zero chance? There's a non-zero chance that any food you eat could kill you. Yeah. Well, exactly. All right, so who's next? Regina, you had a a quick follow-up to one of your stories? Yeah, I just have a quick message that we got uh, regarding the testicular heating episode. Um, which, by the way, my dad still refuses to listen to just because it's called <laughs> testicular heating. Um, this, this is a blanket rule. Like, <laughs> any story you do about testicles, I will not listen to. He refuses. Um, anyways, this message came through Instagram. Hi, guys. The hot bath fertility thing is real. My wife and I were having trouble getting pregnant, so we consulted several fertility doctors. At first, they only looked at my wife. Then they focused on me and asked my habits. Turns out the amount of coffee I drank, the scorching hot baths, and the boxer briefs I was wearing were the problem. So the if you remember the episode, you'll remember the, the, the method that uh, Chris used to uh, keep his testicles warm involved, uh, involved boxer briefs. Fun fact. Well, I guess they weren't boxer briefs. They were more They're like tidy whities Briefs. I'm not an expert on male underwear. Well, uh, they were just briefs. My numbers were brutal. The doctor said no woman would get pregnant with my sperm. Wow. So I changed my habits. One cup of coffee a day, normal boxers, and no baths. Within three months, my numbers were through the roof. We were two weeks away from IVF treatment when my wife got pregnant naturally. Our daughter is now two and a half. I love this episode. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, isn't that sweet? Yeah. Little two and a half year old. Thanks to changing the boxer briefs. And, and... Laying off the baths, the scorching hot baths. Yeah, you can take a hot bath, just not a scorching hot one. Come on, guys. That is a key difference. Adrian, you're up. Right. So hopefully everyone remembers the episode we did back in August about Yelp and its agreement with Grubhub 
to apparently slip secret Grubhub phone numbers into the listings for restaurants. So customers would call the phone number thinking they were calling the restaurant directly when in fact they were calling this Grubhub referral number and Grubhub was through a series of logical acrobatics claiming credit for a commission on the order placed through that phone call. And recording the calls. And recording the calls, exactly. This call may be recorded to ensure awesomeness. This this became a major story, by the way. This was like front page of Reddit, front page of Hacker News. This got a big response. Yeah. And I got a bunch of emails from restaurant owners and then other small business owners and then their friends who were helping them with marketing and just a lot of frustration out there with these companies and in general with the practice of services that try to squeeze extra money out of restaurants and small businesses, which already have super thin margins. Super low margins. So again, just to explain the scheme The Yelp app would have these two phone numbers. Um, One would say takeout and delivery, and the other one would say general questions. And the general questions number was the number for the restaurant. You could 100% call that number and order for takeout or delivery. But the Yelp app was kind of suggesting that you had to call this other number, the Grubhub number, and order that way, which, again, would take money out of the restaurant's pocket and send it to Grubhub. And it connects to the same thing. It's just like it's routing it differently so it can (laughs) track it. And the restaurants that I spoke to had no idea that this was happening. They didn't know that this second number existed. They didn't realize it was on their listing in Yelp. That's really the worst part. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did learn a couple interesting things. Uh, It turns out yellowpages.com does a similar scheme where... If you are a business and you advertise with Yellow Pages, they make a phone number for you. They replace your phone number with their generated phone number, and they won't let you change it, according to this one person who wrote to me. And they use that number for tracking. They don't charge you the way Grubhub does. But the problem is that once that number is on Yellow Pages, other websites will refer to Yellow Pages. Uh They think that's Mm. your number, and then you're trapped in this contract with Yellow Pages forever (laughs) because this business owner was afraid that – they would, their customers would not be able to contact them because this other phone number was more common than the real phone number. It's like wow. somebody else bought a URL, redirected to a website, and then that URL became the canonical one. Right. right. Which uh, Grubhub also does. I've always <laughs> wondered how Yellow Pages stays relevant. I guess this might be one reason why. <laughs> Maybe. There was one tangible outcome for the story. After we published, Yelp changed the language in the app. So now those two phone numbers, one still says general questions, and that's the restaurant's real number. And then the other one says takeout and delivery. But Yelp added parentheses, powered by Grubhub. All fixed. Yeah, they did it. We did it. All done. Everything's fixed. Everyone gets it now. (laughs) Wow. It's still not clear that you can order by calling the general questions number and that the restaurant would keep more of the money that way. And it doesn't really make any sense for Grubhub to get credit for an order that started because you looked up a phone number on Yelp. Okay, I have a quick update. Our very first episode... The one where I was watching the TV show Catfish and I stumbled across an interesting word with an interesting use. Yes. Gas. Yes. G-A-S. Gas. I love saying it. 
everyone loves saying it. I think it's actually starting to take off if our Apple podcast reviews are any indication. They are not. (laughs) Our show is Gias. Gias. Like I said, I've noticed people using this word and people have emailed me about it. And I want to read one email. This is from listener Lauren. And she emailed to say, Hi, I was listening to the Gias and Gains episode and I had a few things to say about the term Gias. I'm from Pennsylvania, about an hour outside of Philly, but my sister, who went to Westchester University, this is uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania, outside of Philly, but my sister, who went to Westchester University with a lot of people from Philly, picked up the phrase Gias up from them. The phrase means something close to making someone overconfident. Like if a lot of people were complimenting someone, they might say, y'all are really gassing me up. Or y'all are really gassing me. Is this like you are gassing up a car? Oh, maybe. Like you're gassing up your friend by pumping them full of unleaded (laughs) gasoline (laughs) fuel. That's a good, that's, (laughs) I didn't think about it that way. So then they can zoom, zoom, zoom. Yeah, exactly. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I live in New Jersey now, so I never think about gas. It just happens for me. But when I lived in when I lived in Pennsylvania, my whole life was pumping gas. Weird flex. <laughs> anyway, she continues. I later picked up the phrase from my sister, and now that I'm in college in New York, I find that a lot of people, specifically other black people, use the phrase. As a student of linguistics, I believe that the phrase might be more connected to that Tennessee Williams play and Philly's dialect of black English. At the very least, the term gassing has a different and separate meaning than gias as used for the majority of the episode. I've never heard anyone say that's gias, which leads me to believe it might have a different origin story. I think a linguistics student should write their thesis about this. Yeah, so I just wanted to include this message from Lauren. I don't have much to contribute, but I think... It's an interesting new perspective that we didn't cover in our episode. So I don't know. Gas is out there in many forms. People are gassing it up. Gas is on the rise. All right. So a little over, it was a month ago, a little over a month ago now, we did a story about McDonald's. And how it seems like they don't really mix the McFlurries, you know, the McFlurry, the blended ice cream dessert. Uh, It doesn't seem like they're mixed by the McFlurry machine anymore. And the McFlurry machine is this spinning thing that you put a plastic spoon into and then you turn it on and the plastic spoon uh, mixes the McFlurry. It mixes the ice cream in with the toppings. Um, Seems like that machine isn't being used very often anymore anecdotally to me that's why i brought the story to the show i so enjoyed the response to the story yeah this the response has been amazing not only did people actually use the flurry index the tracker that you made john to track this phenomenon but also all my friends kept texting me photos of their mcflurries memes related to mcflurries tiktoks about mcflurries and i hope this continues for the rest of my life did this really (laughs) This is weird. I wasn't expecting this to strike the chord that it did with all of our listeners. Like, we heard from a lot of people. Uh, We got photos of, like, a triumphantly well-mixed McFlurry. 
some of but you mostly unmixed McFlurry. Right. It was mostly unmixed McFlurry. Many sad tales of piles of M and M's and Oreos on top of soft serve. Uh, a, a few people hit up multiple stores in the same area just to see how they compared. One of my favorite things also was that uh, my girlfriend Caitlin got her parents to go to a drive-through and record the whole thing. What is that? Is it a test tube? Uh, they've never they'd never seen a McFlurry before. <laughs> Can't suck anything in it. <laughs> It's stuck. <laughs> I don't think it's a straw. Her dad tried to suck through the through the spoon. Oh gosh! Uh, oh, dad. They didn't like it at all, and it was it was unclear oh. if it was mixed, so it wasn't even a useful thing. Okay, even when it's unmixed, it's still really good. <laughs> Is it mixed or thrown on top? Anyway, a few of these messages uh, led to new information to us, uh, like this email from a listener named Kevin who pointed out that the the special plastic spoon that mixes the McFlurry has one great advantage over, you know, metal or something else. He writes, I just wanted to point out that the weird spoon mixing system is really important for those people with food allergies. My kids have celiac disease and can't ingest even a crumb of gluten containing food like Oreos. So McDonald's is one of the only places they can get candy in ice cream. If we go to Dairy Queen, for example, they have about a five minute procedure to clean the blizzard machine before they can make an M&M blizzard for my kids. Imagine what that does to customer per minute ratio and annoyance to the workers. I think that McDonald's just has M&M and Oreo now, uh, but I feel like they used to have peanut McFlurries and peanut allergies are an even more serious issue, which probably drove the need for the design. Um, I don't know if we really touched on this a lot, but the the plastic spoon being used as the mixing device is a really good way to avoid contaminants in the food. Um, I'm also really impressed that Dairy Queen will even take the five minutes to clean the blizzard machine down properly yeah. for food allergies. That's really cool. I think we need to test this, though. Blizzard index. Oh, no. You may recall that we set up a website, flurryindex.com, to kind of officially track the mixed or unmixed status of McFlurries in the U.S. So you get to the website, you see a map, and there are points on the map that kind of uh, are color-coded based on whether um, visitors to the site who have logged McFlurries got mixed McFlurries or unmixed McFlurries. The response has been really, really great. We've got submissions from nearly every state in the U.S. And by the way, Canadians, I'm sorry we don't have your stores in the database. It was that's it, It's nothing against Canada or anywhere else in the world. It's just that I happened to have found a data set of... Uh, McDonald's stores in the U.S. only. I couldn't find one for the whole world. We got other countries submitting, but there's something about Canada specifically where they're very passionate about wanting to be included in this. Well, the McFlurry started there. Yeah. Well, I, I think they invented that, the McFlurry. That probably has something to do with it, but also their McFlurries seem exquisite. <laughs> National pride. Yeah, so I think... This is another thing, like their universal health care, that they're trying to shove in our face. Do you guys want to take a road trip to Canada to get McFlurries? It doesn't seem worth it to me. I still haven't had a McFlurry in this entire time, so I'm I'm pretty down to do whatever it takes. But anyway, you want to know the results, right? Yes, tell us. Okay, so at the, at the beginning, it looked like... Um, it was just the Northeast that wasn't mixing these things because we, at the very beginning after the episode came out, we started to see a bunch of red in the Northeast and blue. Red means not mixed, blue means mixed, and blue elsewhere in the country. Um, but now it seems 
completely random, geographically speaking. Uh, as of this recording right now, we have 347 submissions and an overall national flurry index of 47%. And it's kind of been around 50% the whole time. Yeah, so that means, based on our data, your chance of a McFlurry being machine mixed in the U.S. is basically a coin toss. Though I will say in the New York metropolitan area, it is almost entirely unmixed. There's one little blip of purple, and that's because of me. And uh, I actually had a fierce debate with Caitlin about whether that McFlurry was actually mixed or not. She, she holds that it was never mixed. So For the listeners, Billy's wife is named Caitlin, and also John's girlfriend is named Caitlin. Oh, yeah, that's confusing. Okay. Uh, Billy's yeah. married to my girlfriend. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's another update. We were going to get to that. But. <laughs> anyway, so that one is debatable whether it was actually mixed or not. But, but otherwise, everything in New York and New Jersey, and I think even Connecticut, lower Connecticut, all unmixed. It's pretty bleak. Yeah. I reached out one more time to McDonald's and told them exactly what that number is currently. They have not responded. Thanks for listening. Under Understood is Adrian Jeffries, John Lago Marcino, Billy Disney, and me, Regina DeLay. We have a website on the internet. It's underunderstood.com. We put all kinds of extra stuff there. We have the full transcripts there, extra links, show notes. Um, and you can follow us on other parts of the internet, like Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Facebook, if you're into that. If you have a question that the internet can't answer yet, shoot us an email at hello at underunderstood.com. We are eager to find the answers for you. Um, in fact, a bunch of the episodes that we're working on right now come directly from questions from the audience. So send them our way. We are working on them. I think this is going to be the thing that makes our show good. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with one new story next week. Ooh, that was a good voiceover voice. Over voice.